You're a 415er. 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. Yes, it's another edition of the 415ers, part of the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network in partnership with 95.7 The Game. Mark Grandy with you. We'll hear from Evan Giddings coming up in just a little bit. It is Friday, December 23rd. First of all, happy holidays. Hope you are enjoying some time with the family and gathering around the television to watch some 49er football this weekend. It is Niners against the Commanders on Saturday, Christmas Eve, December 24th, 105 kickoff from Levi's Stadium. The 7-6-1 Washington Commanders against the 10-4 San Francisco 49ers. And there's a relatively decent chance that this could be a uh, postseason preview potentially the 49ers still could very easily be the two seed they are guaranteed at the worst the three seed meanwhile Washington as it stands right now after losing to the New York Giants last week they are the seven seed in the NFC so if the season ended right now which I know is uh, a phrase that not everyone is a big fan of but if the season ended right now the Niners would not play the commanders in the first round of the postseason, they would play the Giants. But it is a very real possibility that the Niners could see the Commanders return to Levi's Stadium in uh, about a month or so from now. Uh, and this game uh, coming up on Saturday, which we'll dive into a whole lot uh, before this episode is over, could go a long way in determining if the Commanders make a return trip to Levi's. As it stands right now, very likely one of the following four teams, the aforementioned New York Giants and the Washington Commanders, the Seattle Seahawks and the Detroit Lions. The Green Bay Packers still technically alive, but a very, very long shot at this point. But the Niners first round opponent will be either the Giants, the Commanders, uh, the uh, Seahawks, as I mentioned, or the Detroit Lions. We'll get to all of that coming up a little bit later on this episode. Again, you're listening to the 415ers. Uh, you can find us everywhere you get your podcast. Listen on the Odyssey app, subscribe, give us a rate, uh, download, all of that. We appreciate uh, any reviews and, and positive words you can give us here on the 415ers. But before we dive into this game coming up on Saturday, we got to talk about some of the news from earlier this week. If you listen to the last episode of the 415ers, Evan and I were kind of previewing the potential pro bowlers that the 49ers might have this year. And I even asked the question, over under eight and a half pro bowlers. And Evan and I both kind of hesitantly took the over. I thought there would be nine. Uh, the 49ers officially six pro bowlers. So hopefully you didn't tail our thinking from last episode. If you did, apologies. But six Pro Bowlers for the 49ers, and that does have a chance to, to jump up quite a bit. But as it stands right now, following the league's voting process, the following six 49ers are guaranteed Pro Bowl bids. Now, again, the Niners hope they don't actually play in the Pro Bowl because that means the team is on their way to the Super Bowl. But as it stands now, six 49ers onto the Pro Bowl. Safety Talanoa Hufunga, linebacker Fred Warner, defensive end Nick Bosa, Tight end George Kittle, fullback Kyle Juszczyk, and tackle Trent Williams. So those six are all pro bowlers here in 2022. 
for the San Francisco 49ers. None of those names really all that surprising. Talanoa Hufanga probably was the least likely of that group of six because Fred Warner, I mean, you can make a case, Warner, Bosa, Kittle, Juszczyk, and Williams are all the best player in their position across the league. If not the best, definitely you know, in the top three, you could, you could make that argument. Hufanga certainly deserves to be in that conversation as well, but he's not quite as well known across the league as those other guys. This has kind of been his breakout year. So certainly congratulations to Talanoa Hufanga on his first Pro Bowl nod and all of those other five for getting in once again. However, a couple of pretty large snubs for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, again, those six, those six Pro Bowlers confirmed for the 49ers. Talanoa Hufanga, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, and Trent Williams. Again, all of those guys deserving. However, what are the first two names that come to mind when you hear that group of six and wonder, how did you leave this guy off? Those two guys for me are Christian McCaffrey and Dre Greenlaw. You look at what Christian McCaffrey has done. Uh, it's honestly incredible. I mean, he has the most re- second most receptions by a running back uh, in the NFL this year behind only Austin Eckler, who's just making a, a career out of uh, catching dump offs. And he's also a pretty good runner as well. But McCaffrey second there. We look at some of the other things he's done. And, and this is from uh, the prospector, a piece that the 49ers put out every week ahead of their game. Last week, McCaffrey registered 26 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown to go along with six catches for 30 yards against Seattle, marking the second time this year that he's registered back-to-back games with 100 or more rushing yards. That's pretty impressive. Overall, he had 138 scrimmage yards in Seattle on Thursday night, pushing him up to 1,550 on the year This is his third season since he entered the league in 2017 with more than 1,500 scrimmage uh, yards, excuse me, which is tied with Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry for the most in the NFL on that span. Uh, So you have the perhaps the the two most versatile running backs in the NFL during that span, McCaffrey and Kamara, and then perhaps the best pure running back uh, in Derrick Henry. Christian McCaffrey is tied with both those guys. With 100 or more rushing yards against Washington uh, coming up on on Saturday, McCaffrey would register three consecutive games with 100 or more rushing yards for the second time in his career, and he'd become the first 49er to do that since Frank Gore did it back in 2011. He had it five straight games with 100 or more rushing yards. Let's say McCaffrey only gets 73 rushing yards against uh, Washington on Saturday. McCaffrey then would register 1,000 or more rushing yards for the third time in his career, which would match the second most in the NFL since he entered the league in 2017. Again, that would be the third for McCaffrey. He's going to get that at some point, maybe not this week necessarily, but before the end of the year, he will get 73 more rushing yards. The only guys to do it more than him, if McCaffrey is able to get that uh, 1,000-yard mark this year, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, and Dalvin Cook have all done it four times. Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley, and Ezekiel Elliott have all done it three times as well. So no matter how you split it, really, really good company for Christian McCaffrey. And another note here, I think we talked about this last week, Uh, previewing that Seattle game with four or more receptions against Washington coming up here this week for McCaffrey. He would pass running back Roger Craig for the most receptions by a running back 
through his first six seasons in NFL history. That's obviously an important number specifically for what it means for McCaffrey, but also for this organization because Roger Craig, one of the all-time greats uh, in the red and gold for the 49ers, again, four or more receptions for McCaffrey, and he would pass running back Roger Craig for the most receptions by a running back through the six, his part of the first six seasons in the NFL. Long story short, Christian McCaffrey deserving of a Pro Bowl nod. He's not officially in. Again, the six that are Hufanga, Warner, Bosa, Kittle, Juszczyk, and Williams. However, the 49ers did have seven other players selected as alternates, meaning the 49ers could send a group of players in the double digits to the Pro Bowl. The alternates are guard Jake Brendel, kicker Robbie Gold, running back Christian McCaffrey, wide receiver Ray Ray McLeod, that's as a return specialist, wide receiver Debo Samuel, cornerback Mooney Ward, and punter Mitch Wisnowski. So that's, I mean, at least Christian McCaffrey was selected as an alternate, right? You have Christian McCaffrey as an alternate on the, on the Pro Bowl team, uh, which is better than certainly not being mentioned at all. However, he's deserving, like those other six, of being a Pro Bowler for the 49ers. And then the other big name that was left off, and that isn't even an alternate, as we welcome uh, Evan Giddings into the podcast as well, the other big name, Evan, that was left off of the, the Pro Bowl uh, for the 49ers is Dre Greenlaw. And uh, we'll, we'll get to you in a second, Evan, but I want to play this clip from Kyle Shanahan, who spoke on Thursday about this. Uh, he was asked about Pro Bowl snubs, and he agreed. Dre Greenlaw, probably uh, the biggest one of no. There's a number of guys who should have been in there who weren't, such as Greenlaw, um, without a doubt, because I didn't see him anywhere. I truly believe Christian would have been a starter, but I think he, I think he's, I'm not sure if what the list is, but I know he was, and that surprised me. Uh, but Greenlaw is the biggest one to me. I think he's had a Pro Bowl year. Um, I think he's been great. I think he's played at that level always when he's played for us. And I missed a little bit this year, not much, been able to stay healthy. He fought through some injuries early on. Um, and when he's been playing healthy, I think he's played as good as anyone in this league. So at least McCaffrey and alternate, Dre Greenlaw, not nowhere to be seen after the league announced their Pro Bowl voting. Evan, welcome to another edition of the 415ers. First of all, happy holidays. But uh, Dre Greenlaw, not a Pro Bowler. That is an upset. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the first eight minutes of this podcast, right? Uh, I was Dre Greenlaw. I didn't show. Um, <laughs> I wasn't there. Was not selected. But it, it is kind of interesting to to think about, Mark, because you got arguably the, the two kind of most dominant players. I guess you could make the argument Fred Warner is maybe more of a more notable linebacker. But obviously, Christian McCaffrey, who leads everyone in total yardage across the entire league. And then you look at Dre Greenlaw, who's probably playing the best football of anyone um, outside of Nick Bosa on defense, and he's the person that doesn't get selected. So as we talked about on our Wednesday episode, just another indicator of something where maybe Pro Bowl isn't exactly the end-all, be-all. It's a nice measuring stick. It's a nice barometer, um, but maybe doesn't tell the whole picture because there might be a situation which happened, I believe, to Navarro Bowman where he wasn't a Pro Bowler, but he was still an all pro. That is what could be coming Dre Greenlaw's way. Yeah, I think if you were to ask Dre Greenlaw, and I know he was on 95-7 the game uh, last week. Yeah, ahead of the game against the Seahawks, uh, Damon Arado asked him about what it would mean to be a pro bowler. And, and he said, 
oh, it would be a dream. Like, I never thought that something like that would be possible. Unfortunately, it hasn't happened for him. Now, maybe uh, who knows what, what the future might hold. But I think if you asked him and, and he were to honestly answer, what would mean more, a Pro Bowl nod or an All-Pro nod, I would be shocked if he didn't say All-Pro uh, because that is – I mean, you, you take the fan voting out of it, and I, I, know, I know obviously players love to have the respect of fans. I mean, without fans, there isn't an, a National Football League. But I think it probably means a little bit more to have that uh, not, uh, notoriety from your coaches and your 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 fellow players, and, and that's where the the all pro voting comes from, and, and from the the media as well. So. It's it's not a, a lost cause for Dre Greenlaw. He's certainly having a fantastic season. He's probably a little frustrated by this, but he he could still turn this into a, a fantastic career year. Now that's where it becomes a little confusing, though, right? Because you obviously have the fan voting, but then you have your coaches and your player voting, which is the, you know, the other two thirds of the you know Pro Bowl alternates, starters, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. Um, so it does beg the question of. Like how much, I guess, recognition around the league does a guy like Dre Green, Greenlaw get? Um, so, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is, is I think, a separate story. The more interesting would, would be Greenlaw because I do think if you asked each and every single one of his opponents or offensive coordinators about him, they would probably tell you that that's a guy that they scheme for every single week. And yet you don't necessarily see, I guess, the complete recognition Right now, that that two year extension that he signed, uh, you know, during the season beginning of the year is looking oh, like a steal for the 49ers. And obviously, he's he's getting paid large sums of money. He is going to be making a lot for a foreseeable amount of time in San Francisco. Um, but right now, to have that guy in your core along with Fred Warner, who's also making big bucks, uh, the 49ers right now at the linebacker position are set. Yeah, they really are. That's maybe the biggest bargain in the NFL right now, Dre Greenlaw's contract. He's certainly going to be up for an extension and up for a whole lot more money uh, in the coming years. Uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on that as as the years move along. Um, I also think there's probably a case of, I'm not sure voter fatigue is the right phrase, but um, you, you know, like when Giannis in the NBA won back-to-back MVPs. Almost regardless, he wasn't going to win a third consecutive one because you you just you get voter fatigue. The guy's voting for MVP kind of like, all right, you, you've won twice in a row. You're having a fantastic season again, but I just can't bring myself to vote for the same guy for a third consecutive season. Nikola Jokic right now, he's won consecutive MVPs. He's he's having a fantastic season, but maybe he does get a third. But I wouldn't bet on it because that's just the way these things kind of go. This is a different situation but let's say the 49ers existed in the universe in which Fred Warner wasn't on their team and Dre Greenlaw was their lead linebacker. Dre Greenlaw is a pro bowler in that universe because Fred Warner isn't there. And, you know, he, he they're great together, but Fred Warner takes a bit of the shine away from Dre Greenlaw. That's just how it works. And if you have two really good linebackers, one of them is guaranteed to get into the pro bowl, but you might not get the second because voters think, hey, yeah, we've already got one great Niner linebacker in there. Why do we need a second? Yeah, and look, if you check around the rest of the NFC, it's the Eagles with eight and, you know, an X amount of alternates, and then it's it's the 49ers. So that kind of checks out, right? Like you assume the team with the best record in the conference would have the most pro bowlers, which they do. And I think the team that everyone identifies as the second best team in the NFC is right behind them. So – Look, it, 
it does suck that Dre Greenlaw was not named an alternate. Um, I believe at some point Christian McCaffrey will get the call, whether he wants to go to Las Vegas and play a seven on seven game the weekend <laughs> before the Super Bowl is up to him. But, you know, it's it, it does sort of check out in a sense of once you look at the rest of the list and you look at the rest of the positions, it maybe it doesn't make sense as to why a guy like Greenlaw would be an alternate. But in the entire equation, like you're talking about of voters trying to figure out who they're going to slot in, where who they're going to give recognition to team wide. Uh, I, I guess it it is in a way a compliment from the voters and the league to say, hey, you guys are the second best team or second best roster right now in the NFC, only behind, oh, the team with one win or one yeah. loss. Yeah, I agree with you. Good point.